0: All right, you guys all ready to start then, 6.35. Uh, <clears throat> all right, this is um, Greek Class 11. So um, I'll open us up in a word of prayer then. Heavenly Father, um, I just thank you for this evening, Lord. Thank you for uh, allowing us to gather and um, looking into your word. Yep. Just, uh, just a week off of the Thanksgiving break, Lord, I pray that uh, you help us to just kind of refocus our minds tonight and help us recall all the information that we've learned the last uh, two months, Lord, and help us uh, help that come easily for us. Uh, Even we can't recognize everything, Lord, that at least it looks familiar and that um, we can really uh, look a little deeper into uh, what your actual words have to say to us, Lord. So I pray uh, also in your name. Amen. Uh, okay, so I thought, um, yeah, as we uh, for a warm-up, we'd... Kind of get it this. If you wanted to write this down you can, um, but we're just kind of kind of do a basic translation and see where everyone's kind of at with that. So again, you don't have to recognize everything. Um, you know, when I, when I go through this stuff in terms of the verses here, um, I don't necessarily remember all the declensions and all that, so I can't parse it by sight, but at least I can recognize what the words are and kind of sound it out. And um, once we kind of read it, you guys will probably get, it'll be pretty familiar. Um, it's probably also very seasonal, so if you've already gotten some of the keywords out, you might already know what it's saying. But, um, anyways, uh, so we'll just start with this phrase right here. This is pretty easy. This is a pretty standard phrase that you'll see um, <laughs> all the time. So everyone knows what that word, what, what this one is, right? Yeah, yeah. okay, great. Everyone know what this one is? This is one of those irregular forms. It's, it's, you'll see it a lot, and if you see it a lot, you'll just kind of remember what that word is. Um, but it's based off the, um, it's based off the, the root word of Lego. So, it's a little... Yeah, I said. Yeah. So, it's off of Lego. But this is the. Can anyone parse this out, then? <laughs> that's why, that's why this stuff is here for. So don't be afraid to ever kind of use this stuff because that's literally what I use all the time. I don't even, I can't parse it by myself. I just know because it, this word occurs so many times in the in the Greek that you just kind of know what it is. Do you can roll <clears throat> yeah, mine for tonight.
1: Yeah. That you in after? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're
0: supposed to give that to you. So. Um. Oh, I don't need it. You guys can refer to it. Or use an app or whatever. But, okay, what, um, uh, I guess what, what, what is kind of like, uh, what's the, what's the
2: case here? Usually the ending will give you a little
0: better idea of where it's going to be. So, knowing that that's a, a new kind of helps you kind of narrow it down a little bit, but any guesses? This is also one of those irregular verbs, too, so that's why you won't see it kind of naturally in its form like that.
2: Are mm. you mm, Close. Close.
0: Not I said. Third person. Yeah, (laughs) easy. It doesn't follow the sentence structure. So if you read this line, how would you say it cleaned up in English? Yeah, exactly, and the angel said to them. So even though angel's at the end of the line here, we know that this is a nominative uh, masculine singular. With the article, it usually that kind of indicates that uh, it might be the, the kind of the subject, basically. So the angel here, and the angel said to them. Perfect. So then, so in the Greek, um, in the version, what I would have is I'd actually have a little dot right here to, sing, uh, to, um, to kind of symbolize that this is a quotation then. So then it switches into a different voice so you actually know what's kind of happening. So, and the angel said to them, and then you, this would be like essentially the quotation. So, um, so yeah, this word? Yeah, not. Which is? Uh,
3: fear.
0: Yeah. And you, how, how would you actually know fear, even if you didn't look it up? Yeah, exactly. All you would have to do is look at the beginning right here, and you'd see that that is phobia. So even if you didn't know how it's happening in the Word, you would be able to actually say, okay, if I recognize this one, that's a data to them, the angel said to him to not here, yeah. Okay. Just looking at it, does anyone kind of see what this uh parses out to? Anyone know what what's it say in the book? <laughs> okay, <get that.
4: laughs> uh, second person plural mm-hmm. imperative
2: mid?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Middle. So um, so what is imperative then? It's, a com- it's more of a command. So, what's he actually saying here? If it's second person. Yeah. Yeah, you fear not suchly. You do not fear. No fear. That yeah, you, no know fear, basically. Yeah, don't be afraid. So, don't be afraid. So, we all translate it as, you know, don't be afraid, do not fear. Um, this, is, this, this phrase typically follows a lot of times this word. Because then, how do you know... Because what does this word also translate to? Yeah. So how do you know whether it's a supernatural person or a uh, human person who's just a messenger? Okay. Yeah. The context is usually, most of the time, yeah, I don't know, last time, I don't know, yeah, how many times you're gonna... Yeah, be fearful of the UPS guy, but... <laughs> it's like, this, and this pattern will follow with, especially in this context with the story com- happening of the... Leslie. That's okay. So, in the context of the whole situation, angels have appeared to many of the characters in this time of the, in this season of the story, and that's what they have to follow every time. So, you kind of know, yeah, obviously this beans are showing up. What's the first thing they tell you is obviously... Okay, and how, they t- how are they telling it to you? It's a command. Yeah, so he's basically saying to you, and it's middle, because again, it's the, this person is kind of doing the, the telling you to do that. Okay? Um, so, yeah. So, very good. Okay. So, moving on to the next phrase here. Uh, everyone remember that's a vocab word? You do. You remember that one? That one is kind of a common one to use if you usually see it, it's not, it's just one of those things that doesn't really,
2: looking at it you wouldn't necessarily know.
0: No. Kind of, though, but... Yeah, you got it! Perfect!
1: And that's okay, you reference
0: the stuff. It doesn't, you don't have to necessarily call it by memory. It's all like, hey, as long as you know where to look and stuff like that. Yeah. So, look, it's like, This one. This one's also a very common word. Well, Four. Yeah. Now this one is hard. How would you say this word? Try to try to sound it out.
4: Yeah. Say it again. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Put it together. Yeah. You got it. What is the? So what's the word again? Say it. Evangelism, so what is the word Evangelizo is the root for that. Well, usually Evangelizo is, this is a verb, so we know this is kind of a verb at the ending. So, yes, Evangelion is good news. Evangelizo then is what? It's a verb, so verbic. Yeah, giving, telling, spreading, I am giving you good news, I am doing good news, I'm sharing good news, I'm telling you good news. So, yeah, this is right, this is, so, yeah, if you break the beginning word, you can see it's evangelizo, that's where we get evangelism, it's where it it definitely just means good news. Um, okay, so am I here, this kind of helps you understand a little bit about the ending of the verb here, so, because it's evangelizo is the kind of the root word. Um, what is that? Can anyone kind of post that one out a little bit? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Or the chart, see, the chart will definitely tell you. Because um, I have to just look for the ending of my.
2: I'm not seeing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. That's the wrong
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> president indicative. It is a president indicative
0: singular, yes. First person, yeah. Middle, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is about middle and passive, it's going to be the same ending. Middle and passive are always the same. So that's why you have to look into context about that. So who is bringing the good news? Yeah, oh sorry. Yeah, exactly. So. But
1: that middle yeah, I I, a question question. Question. I
0: thought middle was requested. And, and I was asked to them to, Because it's not Passive the, means the, the action is being put upon them, or acted upon them, from the su- from the subject. There's an action that's... Upon.
1: Yes, yeah. but not upon them. Yeah, he's... It's bringing good news.
0: He's the one saying it. He's proclaiming it. So
4: why is it
0: not yeah, why is it? If the angel itself is the one proclaiming the good news, then it's not being proclaimed on to
2: him? I don't
1: know. That's why the Greek is written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, don't ask me why they put the translation in your grammar. good news, because it is Middle. It's middle.
0: This is middle. Yeah, this is actually middle. Oh, so. yeah.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's, and it'll look hard, but yeah, it's it's
2: it's,
0: it's, it's not, it, in the diagram, yeah, it'll, it kind of makes sense when you kind of see, like, who is kind of doing that action and the what giving. It's not,
2: we got to get away from the
0: news itself. It's the giving of it. The giving the news. we got to remember it's not spreading to you. It's just, I'm bringing you good news.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so let's go on. Uh, this is a pronoun then. Yeah. So how about this one? Yeah, salon. Yeah, sorry. Upsilon,
2: Moo, Iota, Nu.
0: Oh, this one? Oh, no. Is that an,
4: uh...
0: Upsilon. So <laughs> this is just a pronoun. Okay, I have a phone. I
2: don't understand how to fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's just a pronoun.
4: Well, it's funny because it's in a different, um... It's, it's, you. Yeah, it's you. It is you.
0: But you doesn't, I mean, it's not... Well, it's not, it's the, um, the case. Uh... It's Amy? But how is it handling it? No, it's not, it's not Amy. It's, uh... Yeah, it's Amy. Yeah, I am. But, if you do... Like, let's say it's, um, it's plural then. So this is actually, so this is actually dative plural. So this is actually, so what dative? What is the case for dative? What does it usually mean then? If if this is dative plural, instead of I am, it's kind of like that. Yeah, to you, yeah, to you as a group, yeah. So if we were to say this in English, how would we kind of go ahead this line?
4: Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. For behold.
2: Oh yeah, I bring you.
0: I'm bringing you. I give to you. Yeah, good news. I give you good news to you. Yeah, that is joy. Um,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we should all know what this
0: word is, too. Great. Yeah, great. So, what case are these two in? These will follow each other. you see the ending together? Nope. is typically ends in like a Yoda with a Omega or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, accusative. So, you know that this word here is modifying this word because it's the same case. So, this is a, a feminine accusative. So, this is not, this is modifying that. So, it's just not joy, it's great joy, yeah, the describer, yeah. Great joy, I give to you, it's a great joy. Uh, hotis is just kind of one of these, uh, is this, like, um, that might have been. Is that a vocab? I think. Yeah. It's a pronoun. It's just one of those things you kind of have to just recognize. It doesn't. There's no declension or anything like that. It's just that's just the word itself. Yeah.
2: Mhm.
0: Which. Yeah. You can say which. The other forms of it would be like whichever, whomever, whatever. But if it'd be, this would be it's feminine like this, it's which, or whichever. So, whichever. Okay. Yeah, die. Estai? estai. Any idea? Uh, probably the best thing to do is kind of figure out what, like, tense it in. Yeah, and this is one of those things, like, I think it follows Amy, where you'd want to, you almost kind of have to know the whole, like, kind of, declension through Amy. Yeah. I
2: am.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not I am. Third Yeah, third person. Third person. Future. future. yes. Future. So, it's a future statement.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, how about this one? How about this word? Just look at this word. Pawn. How do you say this? pawn Yeah. Pawn. All. Yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, this is the, this is the date form of all. So, it's being a dative word because of the E. But it's a pun, yeah, like, you know, Pan, whatever, Pan-America, Pan-America, something like that. So, yeah. Um, and then how about this one? So, this policy so yeah, this is just an article. This will always give you away what the case is right here. Let's see uh iota subscript under an omega.
2: Same thing as follows this. If there's the iota at the end.
0: It's data, yeah, exactly. It's just with vowels like that, it'd be weird to have an omega with the iota. of vowels like that all in a row like that. So, this this is a hard word. This would be, um, yeah, all people. Yeah. So, how does this kind of translate Itself is cheek so this is kind of that. It makes it harder because you move a A to the beginning, but the idea is it's something producing something else. So, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, yeah, they. This,
0: that is really what they. Use. not the way it was supposed to be sounded out. So, how uh, you sound out, this is right. Yeah, this is it. Uh, epsilon, uh, tau, epsilon,
2: t, theta,
0: eta. Yeah.
2: Epectate.
0: Yeah.
2: Epectate.
0: Yeah, so, right? It's not like my way is the right way or Randy's way is the right way. There's no way it's the right way. word. are one of those, even I would probably just go over and scroll and be like, what does this even mean? And how do you even part that out? So, Yeah, okay, and then we already saw this word, right? Did we see this one? Yeah, we saw that one. Yeah, two, um, you. This one's probably a, one you probably don't see a lot either. Probably, it's probably not really easy to kind of, you just have to know from the vocab. But that just means today or this day. Yeah, how would you say this? This is a new, sorry, yeah. Samaran. Yeah. Samaran.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Um, uh, like a, a freedom or a, you know, a saving from a delivery, not someone like, I'm delivering you a package. It's, I'm rescuing you from something, or I'm saving you from something. Is
4: the word for a-
3: saving? Is the anything like that? Is but It's but it doesn't more related.
0: Yeah, I think it's just a so right? Because that's life. The
1: first syllable?
0: Yeah. There's a little, I, you can probably argue that the root of so with like life, and something like that's saving a life in some way, maybe. Because that because
1: life is
3: more so. So, but, so-so.
2: Yeah. And so-so. Yeah. So yeah. But that's a verb ending. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. So, you You guys are like having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, how about this word, yeah. Almost dead, almost dead. And probably by this time you could probably figure out the rest, but in English because we would probably all heard it before, so. Um, how would you say this one? Post, which is what? Poo. Yeah, who? And then esteem is, this is a word that pops up a lot too, but it, it fits a lot of the stuff we've already kind of
2: Uh
4: huh.
2: I'm wording it, yeah, yeah. So if it's not future, I can view it. Yeah, present, uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Third person,
0: yeah. So third person, if you were in the third person present, how does that sound in English then? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's not a I am, it is. He is, he is, whatever, yeah, she is. So, is? Everyone knows this one? Yeah. Right. Everyone should know this word a lot too. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Everyone knows this one. City?
2: Um,
0: oh, David. Yeah. No, you're right, because this would be a genitive, actually. You probably can tell, but yeah. This is a place for the name, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just says David, but everyone can read it down. Yeah. So you got it. So everyone go from the beginning if you yeah. Or if you want to yeah, depending on how you want to rephrase in English, but <laughs> I'll do it the right way. Do it
1: that way. Okay, we'll do it we'll do it the
2: the wooden way, yeah. We ca- we always called it wooden,
0: which is basically if it was just you'd read it as is like kind of literally translate. It was always the wooden way. So uh huh
2: uh-huh. And Joel, yeah, make sure it's not singular. Not singular.
1: Uh-huh.
4: People look
3: for... I... I see
2: you. Say, I evangelize. Yeah, I evangelize.
0: and if you know your Bible enough in English, then it's very familiar with you on how you kind of see the structure of this.
2: Now, uh, you know, if
0: there was more time, I was going to say we can actually look up things like, you know, let's look at what does this actually mean, like tree and that's like, there's like a vine on your table. It gives us a little more background, because then we look at, okay, what does it actually mean, because this is like Christ, Lord. There's a lot of stuff behind that. So sometimes looking at, even this one right here, this is a big word, too, that's very, I always say it's like churchy because it's evangelized, but what does that actually mean? What is kind of the context of that? So having the other books is helpful for us to look at it. And if there was time I was going to have everyone kind of look up different words and kind of see like, okay, what does Vine say? You can if you want to. If you want to look up like so, and you know, if someone else wants to look up Christos, it gives you some context of what it's saying. And that's when, you know, Randy does a great job of, you know, when he says the word, and he always brings out all these extra little things and tidbits about it, because... Yeah, this is a, the resources he's kind of pulling from, What we're pulling from, in terms of getting that context. What does a Christ actually mean, you know, for us? Let's so turn that into not report, you have the tools, because that's
3: exactly what I'm going to be doing, so you do have a Christ. Oh,
0: okay.
2: So
0: what does that mean? So how about you guys here, you look up this one, Ivan Evangelizo, and then you guys here, there's a vine on each of your tables, look up Christos. Well it, we see it. we actually we do the, we actually did this one in our small group, yeah. We did they stopped the. Group, so. Jim Manolo, I okay. <laughs> it's always Katie, always
2: Are you Katie? What? Did you look at the wall? I just noticed. What the doctor? What is the hand along
1: somebody?
2: I put a there. On the use of apostrophes without my
3: personal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh! I seriously did. Tim, did
4: I not? <laughs>
1: you were the author of
4: that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I uh, thought it
1: was on uh, 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 the phone. Maybe it's Oscar. Yeah, somebody um, named
2: Oscar McGrath. Oscar. Oscar. Oscar.
0: Oscar. Oscar? Well, I don't think so. <laughs> this is a genitive possessive
2: or something? Uh, oh, misspelled.
0: Stuff. As an article,
1: yeah. The author. not Auster, but it's not <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it might
2: be crazy. Okay. So I literally told Cindy, turn that on,
3: bulletin, e-connection, there will
4: be no apostrophe unless I it. <laughs> And I got also set up one year, I told them that it wasn't a real word, which is a lie,
2: but it wasn't a lie the
1: way they were
4: using it. And
2: using it was we could let them have to read essays. The right? well, only no problem with <laughs> lying
1: is they don't oh. touch you in a lie. And then I said, well, it is you know. a real word, but you're not going to use
2: it in the way it's going
4: to be used. So you just... What's the real word that's you use that not used? You're not going to use it. <laughs> 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 also... I used to hate teach the teachers. I thought they were the most able idiot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I Oh, uh, 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 correct. Oh, I still get it. That way we can into an We make a whole list. I actually
3: have a Bible college colleague who went into textual editing. Really? <laughs> yes, did it for <laughs> <laughs>
4: so
2: he's got a blog, which I don't look at, but it's hilarious because I
0: remember the <laughs> in college. And he was, he was a student, but he wasn't a uh, dad. Was like, what happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> So did everyone, did each of you guys find the word <laughs> in vines there? Yeah, imagine, but remember, this is a, yeah. okay. this is a, the, the word as it is in, but it is not the root, it is not the, looking at the yeah the English you're, you're almost there right are you so you'll see you'll see the Greek right here you'll see them kind of try to English like put it in
2: English
0: yeah this is yeah this is helpful yeah 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 this is in English yeah this is all in English and they'll show you the Greek yeah,
1: Oh, it's so so I kind of figure out oh, no, 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 this no, no. one, but it's no. but it's the same set for the pro. No, it isn't is this being done before you. Right. Okay. Yes. So
2: now it's the
4: Well, that's the you I'm doing it back. Is that present? Uh
2: oh,
4: no. Yeah, present. Yeah, it's present. It's present. So, yeah. So, by definition, it cannot be Yeah, this
2: cannot be this, no. because... Okay. So, you don't find... Um, so I guess you can Why yeah. important? Huh? <laughs> Could you explain to me something? Yeah. So
4: I'm looking at this, right? Uh-huh. And I'm trying to find the news you guys got from
0: it, and I'm not sure how to do that because... I'm just like I guess I go down? Well, what it's going to do is it's giving you the kind of the root of it. So this is the actual word itself. So how do I know so, that? So, what was that? So, Terry, yeah, right? So. Was
2: it, this, is, this is one the that you gave us. So Terry, yeah. So how do I know what the root word you know, from the
3: like
2: so, a bell. No. It's, it's up there, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> I gotta. Okay, I just see
0: that there is underneath the wrist. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I look up that word. Yeah, I think you have to look at that word and get the idea that that is a.
1: Yeah, so what's no, like exactly that thing and then you have to decide
3: how it should be to read into that. So when you report, report that because that's one of those fun little things that you then have to decide. All
4: right, it's so important enough to material is Because it could be. Well, it doesn't take your we oh, yeah, yeah, were talking about that, yeah.
0: Yeah, the angels and the announcers
4: yeah.
2: yeah, he's giving to us. Yeah. 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 Alright, do you guys want to share? Do you guys want to share? Would you guys, someone want to
0: read the section on what you have in... What's it say about this
2: one?
1: <laughs> you guys have the same thing. Okay.
0: So go ahead, yeah, give us, uh, you know, give the people who don't see that book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that is re- Uh-huh.
4: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Mm-hmm. let keep going. Yeah.
4: Of son, rather than his son, these son,
0: son death. Talk about that thing like third class. It has to do with substance rather than particularity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does that make sense? It's like it's almost like when you see when you see the article like the Christ, you kind of recognize him as like the president or that like the role of it itself. But when he's talking about Christ, it's more of his, like, office duties or something, like, his appointed role as you're the anointed, you're the Messiah. So it's saying, yeah, a savior, you know, who is the Messiah, you know, the Lord's Messiah. So. Is, that, uh, is that, mm-hmm. that, I guess, in is, reality, is that fun? <laughs> 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 yeah. Of <course> fun! <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that was uh, Luke 2, 10, and 11, So if you guys want to see that.
2: Uh Uh-oh.
0: I'm handing the... Now I'm going to talk like Brian.
2: I will say to you,
3: it is... The more you study with other people, the more useful it is to be able to pronounce the words. And one of the things that's causing you guys headaches is that we pronounce them differently. I get that, I I apologize for that the first night, but I also said you guys could decide. And what you probably ought to do by this time is decide how you're going to pronounce it. And that way, when you come to the word, you don't sit there and go, uh, 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 and going in different directions. When I look at these words, it's obvious. Right. There's no stuttering in terms of pronouncing it, but if I was trying to remember how to pronounce it the way Brian did and then decide which way, then I'd be falling all over myself. In the end, it's not going to stop you from studying, but again, if you're studying with a partner um, or sharing your results with people, then it becomes a lot more awkward, and you find yourself feeling very uh, self-conscious rather than self-confident. So don't do that to yourself. Just pick one of the ways and just go with it. And frankly, make up your own if you want to. Who cares? And go with that. What? What? Are we doing that? Do we have the KPN? We need you to publish a paper on the K-T-E-N pronunciation <laughs> method. Now, one of the things he said, and Arthur's now... It's the substance. This isn't the Christ. This is Christ. Who is he talking to? No, that's why we the yeah. I'm, I'm just kind of wondering if anybody remembers. Shepherds.
2: Yeah, the angels
3: spoke to the shepherds at night. And, you know. Uh, I actually remember hearing that they sung to the shepherds. This part. They didn't sing this part. They sang later. And by the way, apparently their singing was really bad because the shepherds were scared not much.
2: <laughs> so...
3: Yeah. So, when, when the angels, who are God's representatives, are coming to God's people, who have God's people's uh, uh, culture and, and history behind them, who know what they're waiting for, because they're waiting for Messiah and you'll find Messiah instead of the Messiah a lot of different places because for them it was they weren't waiting just for a person to fill a position they were waiting for what was going to happen for Messiahship to happen okay and Kyrios not Kyrios. it is not Messiah of the Lord It is Messiah, Lord. He's also got the substance of Lord, and that one, interestingly enough, was not as common for the Jews to talk about. So the angels produced something for them that's kind of interesting here. This this one that you're waiting for, and and the the irony is that we memorize it in Christos. That's Greek. (laughs) They would never have said that. But the, the document... Was written in Greek, so then we use that word. But Messiah or Mashiach is the Aramaic word for it, and it's it is it is the anointed, the chosen. So they're not waiting for Messiah; they're waiting for anointed, anointing, choosing or choosing. Except when they say choosing, it's God having chosen the one He's going to use to restore the kingdom. And all of that history and tradition is built up in them. And so that one word to them means a thousand times what it means to us. But he is Lord. He is the one who is master. He's not just going to come and set you loose and you go do whatever you want. He is Lord. So from the very beginning, the very first announcement after the birth, there is an emphasis on the Lordship of Jesus, an emphasis that arguably is the most missed emphasis by Christians as opposed to others. Okay. Um, Now, when when you come to a passage like this, did anybody here have a hard time recognizing the basic words, the basic letters, other than the possibility of, you know, I've written things up, Brian writes them up, our handwriting's not the same. So, okay, no big deal, that's the same in English, but do you recognize the letters, the alphabet? Are we all there? Because if you're not, that's okay. But we need, to, we need to really focus you there because even the tools that we've given you, you're not going to use well until you remember, until you're thinking in, in terms of the alphabet. How many of you can remember when you were a little child or last week looking an English word up and going through the alphabet in your head like, okay, before or after, you know? Can you remember doing that? Okay, so when you're doing it in Greek, you're going to have to go back to where, I mean, I can remember as a second grader, A, B, C, D, and, and singing it in my head to get, oh, yeah, there it is, and then I can look in order when I'm looking a word up. Okay? To practice with these tools, every single tool we're using is going to be uh, put out alphabetically, every Greek tool. So if you don't have the alphabet down or if you've got most of it down but there's a couple of them you're not sure of, you're going to find yourself spinning your wheels. It's worth the time to go back and just nail the alphabet. You guys should all be able to invent your own songs. Okay? Don't try to put it to A B C D because there's more syllables in the Greek one. It's harder to do. So you all have that. The next thing is When you look at something like this, look for things that look familiar. So look through that and see, are there there any things that look familiar?
4: David. David, thank you. Names will often. So,
3: well that's useful. That is why I don't make millions of dollars playing a game. All right, there we go. So David is familiar. Now, do the same thing on some of these others, because I'm telling you they are familiar to you. That's a hint. And you've already been through them. What? Okay, so curios is familiar probably because you've heard it. You've looked it up before. Not because it's an English word, because we've, we've spent enough time. And you're going to find that there's probably... 15, 20, 25 different words that as you keep studying are going to keep coming up over and over and over and over. If I had agape up there, I bet you you guys would all go, oh, look, there's agape. Not because we have an English word off of that, but because you're used to seeing it. So you've got that one. What else?
2: Angelos.
3: Angelos. Which is What? What? Uh, you're making, you're, okay,
2: <laughs> plug up ears and Spanish
3: music. Okay, it is, it is angel, and an angel is what? Didn't have him look it up. What?
2: A messenger.
3: Now,
4: what else looks familiar
3: like that? See? Because it's a message. What kind of message is it? Prefix. What? E U in English. What does that mean? Funasia is death. U funasia is what? Supposedly. You don't have to agree with it. Just. Is it horrifying, terrible, horrible, awful death?
4: Good.
3: It's a good death. That's what EU means as a prefix. Eugenics. A good start. That's what it means. Okay? A good message. And so you guys know this. You just don't know you know it. What? What? Well, I'm not jabbed about euthanasia, but
2: the word means
3: what it means. I said you don't have to agree.
4: Okay, what else was familiar?
3: Mega.
4: Okay, so particularly the
3: mega part, right? What is mega? Or, well, in English, what's mega? Big. Big. And big relates to great because they related size to um, greatness. They hadn't quite mastered that greatness can be minuscule. The great minuscule. What else? On that line there's something that some of you probably have seen before. Anybody here ever speak any Spanish? What?
4: Um,
3: Could be. It's not the one I'm thinking of, but...
4: I didn't even recognize
3: the top on
2: that. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Hey, I put up with him griping about my writing all these weeks. So, pan, pan, what is that? Okay, pan, even in English, pan, okay. Um, over a storehouse. the noche. What does that mean? Is what?
2: Did you say noche? Esta noche. Tonight.
4: Tonight is
3: night, literally. It's an idiom. It does not mean night, because they don't have anything that says tonight. If you literally translated night, a preposition towards with night, it would make no sense to them, because that's an English idiom. See? Este. That's where they got este, right there. Because remember, Spanish, like English, is rooted in both Greek and Latin. So you know that, if you know any of that language. And then you have pan, what else? Phobia. What? Okay. So particularly that part probably. From what? Phobic, phobia,
2: and that means to you
3: what? Fear. Now, you've got to be careful. This is, this is a fun thing to do, number one. Because, again, what it does is when you start trying to dive into a passage, you realize you know a lot more about that passage than you thought you did. Because the languages, while greatly dissimilar, still have a lot of overlap, since ours is rooted partially in that language. Do not fear. Fear. It doesn't mean do not have an irrational uh, extreme fear. Just don't be afraid, you know. There's nothing irrational about it. Everything we can sense is these creatures were not cherubic. They were terrifying. And all of a sudden this terrifying spiritual creature appears visually and pretty consistently through Scripture everybody hits the dirt when that happens. So, the angels aren't stupid. They know that. So, it's okay. Don't, don't be afraid. We're not going to chop your head off or send you to hell or something. You're, you're going to be okay. Okay? But, does anybody remember, because that is one of the vocabulary words, does anybody remember what else that means? A good word rather than a bad one. what if I said the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom do I mean the terror of God what do I mean what awe what's the church word for that reverence awe is really the same thing in that sense which is why we shouldn't use reverence because nobody knows what reverence means but it doesn't mean terror and it's the same word So, you've got to be careful, because you recognize the word, and in other contexts you'll see the word, and your mind will go to fear, but you've got to look at the context and say, is that really what's being talked about? And the context is all that's going to tell you. And that's why you'll see some translations say fear, and some translations say awe or reverence. Uh, What else? I'm going to show you one that you don't know you know because you don't maybe know it yet. Um, anybody know what an eidetic memory is? But, uh, yeah, technically, not quite, but we call it a, like a photographic because they see. A person with an eidetic memory doesn't try to remember it. They literally see in their head what happened. So if they look at a page, they kind of can call up the page in their head and read it. Not without memorizing it, they can actually see it in their head. There's the root. See? You know so much more than you thought you knew. Um, Ah, yes, 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 yes. Polity, political, police, police. Usually with what? Metropolis or megalopolis. Anna. A what? Annapolis. Annapolis. which means what? No. It means the city of Anna. A what? City of Anna. Did you say Annapolis? Yeah. Annapolis. That's what I thought. Like where the, the academy is? Yeah. yeah. It's the city of the person. It's named after person. The
4: city
3: of Indiana. The what? Indianapolis. It's, yeah, the city in Indiana the city of Indiana, because it's like the big city in Indiana, and at the time was probably uh, even more known for that because there weren't a lot of other cities when that was founded. So we know the words, see? Um, This one again, because it's the same root as this, the only thing different is the ending, right? And then, of course, we've already looked at this. So this is the other one where as soon as you realize what that means, or what that says, even if you don't know what it means, and as many times as we've said this, I have personally taught what you just looked up, easily, easily, a couple hundred times since I've been here, from the platform on Sunday morning, and yet, you guys looked it up, now, I try not to take offense at that, Okay? But the reality is you clearly didn't get it when I said it hundreds of times. Guess what? You will get it now. Why? What's the difference in terms of learning? Not a trick question. (laughs) Whose? Yours! (laughs) Not mine! (laughs) Believe it or not, I put concentrated effort into those, (laughs) but not yours. When you put the effort and you bring the meaning out, even if you go, oh, I remember hearing that, from now on, you'll have it. Whereas if you just remembered hearing it, clearly you didn't have it. See? So it's important for us to dive into these things. And by the way, there's one more that what is laity Hmm. what does laity mean
2: it's sort of the opposite of clergy except they're
3: not really polar opposites they've just become that Uh, clergy means um, in English somebody who is a clerical person which means study it means writing and it has to do with education and function but when you hear clergy what do you think More priests probably than
4: minister, but yes. Um, any denomination kind of well, yeah, okay. as clergy? Diagonal
2: yeah.
4: ministers, ministers.
3: So I'm trying to think of a denomination that doesn't. No, there are some that don't. At least they do, but they pretend they don't. I mean, like
4: Church, clergy,
3: Yes. All of the mainline churches do. Yeah. Where biblically do you find the concept of clergy? That is a trick question. You don't. You not just really don't. You don't. You find exactly the opposite and a repudiation of the concept of clergy. It isn't there. However, it has existed since approximately 180. I think that was the earliest. We've got a reference to a church leader referring to a group of leaders who were being expected to do all of the ministry because the people have pulled away and won't do it. So what is people? Laity. laity. Laos, the root being lambda alpha. So you even do that one because you've heard the word laity. And that's where that comes from. By the way, to finish the historical thing, that means that it was the to be charitable, the reticence of the average person in the body to actually step up and serve and be the priest, as in priesthood of all believers, which we are told we are, that created the clergy. Because originally they were simply the ones that didn't flake out we then systematize, I say we in Western world, we systematize that, and then everybody becomes the group that's laid out. That becomes the norm. And then very rare people who are called, and it's fascinating that we have this whole theology of the call, because it's called to a role that never existed. Think about that one and the psychology of that sometime. But we created all of that. And now you're going to recognize that word pretty often because there's a story attached. Why do I tell all those stories? Because stories help you remember things, right? Every single passage you look at, one of the first things you ought to do is just peruse it and see what words do I know. How many of you know that word right now? You know that word. Okay. Pretty much everybody, because it's one of the most common words used. It is what? And. and. So, okay, I, I got and something happened. <laughs> Before anything else, I've translated a word, and something. But usually you're going to find a whole lot more somethings. And then you can go to work filling in the gaps. You have some? I just want some clarity
4: from you. What word is it
2: Um,
3: Because when he stood here and said, what does that word mean? No one answered it. Now, maybe it was just terror of of Brian. I understand that. (laughs) I love it when there's someone else everybody's afraid of. I actually... Really am having fun now. <laughs> so the fact that we said not translate it Christ, but
4: what does
3: Christ mean? mean? Yeah.
2: Because that's what I have
3: said many times. Not Christ. It means the chosen, the anointed.
0: Right. Christ yeah. Christ
3: is Messiah is Christ. Okay, that's great. What does that mean? The funny thing is what you'll almost never see in an English translation is what? Anointed. Anointed. That's what it means in English. So what we've done is the translators have made a decision, I believe obviously a very poor decision, to simply transliterate. you remember that word? It means you just give English letters for, for the other language, so English letters for the Greek word, and not translate it. And by doing that, they undermine the meaning of the passage. Because we think Christ as, I mean, I can't, I'll tell you right now, half the people who are here worshiping with us every single Sunday morning think Christ is his last name. Literally. Just like Jew. Just like Reyes. It's his Christ. And, no, <laughs> It's nothing like that.
2: Does that
3: make sense? So once again, now you guys have dug that out. You, you've gotten the whole unargerous noun thing, and, and you're going to remember that.
2: And what I hope
3: is that you become as anal and irritating to other people, pointing it out, as I am to you. I, to I know. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you're not as afraid of me as you are of Brian. <laughs> well, Randy, in doing this in the
1: class, the importance of it and if you really wanted to get deep into what was the original meaning and it really it takes studying, and it takes the yeah. time to do it. It sounds so much easier when we're just listening to you so it but um, <laughs> that's fine too. But on the other end of it it in sort of the time of Bible studies um, there's all these new Bibles that are always coming out you make it daily, this I only do this one because it's so easy. I it, it's, it's almost like a story. And That's good, too, because you just want people to read and and get excited. But how many people are going to go from that all the way after that? And why will they not,
3: or why will they? I
1: think the more it's um, available, even, you know, you keep playing fun, and I think everyone is having fun. It's also work. It is work. uh, maybe some are working harder than others, harder than I, I can tell. But I know more what to do. I, I'm more familiar with the tools and, and um, I can see the value of it. Yeah. And, and I think the more that people see the value of it, right. And, and
2: right
1: I just, like you just can talk about it, getting excited. Yes, you can. You know, a lot of people think, I can't do that, I can't. And you can walk away with one little thing that I know those tools, and if I wanted to, I could go through a passage and get a little more out of it. It's exciting. Yeah. So, uh, exactly,
3: and that's, that's frankly the biggest goal of this class. Um, the, the exciting point part, part, honestly, that's second biggest goal. I mean, I, I hope you guys leave here with that excitement because that's what's going to help you personally keep practicing this. But the first one is what you just said. I now know what to do, and that's the point. Because
2: it's
1: yeah. Exactly. So,
3: how many of you have heard me do my little um, uh, spiel about translations and hot dog? Yeah.
2: How many of you remember the
3: hot dog? <laughs> You're going, hot dog, yeah. funny. Okay. The hot dog thing, there's dynamic equivalence. Now, that's a nice academic term for this side, which, what, what translations do you know of that would be in the dynamic equivalence direction. NIV, absolutely.
2: Okay? Um.
3: Although, sadly enough, NIV is becoming, uh, is beginning to be seen as a more academic one. Living (laughs) Translation.
2: translation. New
3: Living Translation. Translation. Be very careful. Because uh, those of us our age, yeah, see, the Living Bible was one of the Jesus people things. So, why did we read it? It was so Easy. The problem is it was also so inaccurate.
2: The people
4: who are not language-driven, who do not find value in the word, a word, in the skill of words, using words, which I'm not doing
2: very well right now,
4: they don't even have an idea that they need to have a better grasp of language, of their own language, much less... True, true. And, And once
3: again, Where do they get the idea, or where do they not get it?
4: From lack of teaching. Yes. Appropriately. From, from not just the pulpit, but
3: right. Honestly, it starts in the school system, and where does the school system get its goals? Where does the state get its goals? What part of the world? Do you think the elected uh, directors of the Board of Education in the various states are worried about Japan? They're worried about the people who elected them. So it's,
2: okay.
3: it's the culture. So on the one hand, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm trying to walk carefully because we have school teachers in the room. I respect you, I do. Um, I don't think you're overpaid because I make less than you do usually. So. I'll think you're uh, are underpaid. I'll think you're underpaid when I make more than you do. Okay? And don't ever talk to me about benefits, because you've got some. Um, but do I look down on school teachers because the school, the product in the United States is frankly so poor today? And it is. Compared, worldwide, compared to what it was 40 years ago. I graduated from high school way beyond the average graduate today. And I almost flunked out three times. I was a horrible student. But teachers teach what they're told to teach and how they're told to teach. And teachers are actually graded on how the students liked them and how the parents liked them. I've seen teachers promoted who should never have been, and demoted, who are the best ones there, because they were requiring more, and they got a lot of grief over it. And, by the way, when you get into post-secondary, it's almost all that way. I mean, the evaluation of college professors, um, undergraduate anyway, is the way students respond to them, whether students like what they did. I taught graduate school for 11 years. You want to guess how the students felt about me? They thought I
2: was Brian.
3: (laughs) 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 I had the advantage of being adjunct and, frankly, the only person in the area who could teach what they needed to teach, taught. So I didn't care. And I would simply say to students who were telling me, oh, you are expecting way too much, Uh, I'm trying to keep you out of court. You're about to go into a profession where you're going to get licensed, you're going to mess with things in people's lives, and if you keep doing the way you're doing it, you're going to get sued. You're going to be very lucky if you don't go bankrupt and lose your license. And I've had numerous times people two years later call me up and say, you know how much trouble I gave you, you know all those, you know, the reviews, and I wrote this on the review, and I thought, know, yeah, I thought that was you, because they're all anonymous, but I see them. And man, I've got to tell you, I'm, this is an actual quote. I'm the only guy in this practice who didn't get sued this year because he was doing the stuff that I was pushing that he thought was so anal. It's about expectations. In the church, we have set for, I was going to say decades, it's centuries. And it really goes back way beyond centuries. One of the reasons Martin Luther's 95 Theses, when were they put out? Does anybody remember a date? You're close. I believe it was 17. What? Was it 1517? Oh. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> it's right in that neighborhood. One of the reasons they were so controversial, not just what they said. I mean, they were seriously controversial because of what they said. But, one of, but, but Martin Luther was under the impression that the Pope would have agreed with everything he said. He wasn't trying to be revolutionary. He was just naive. But one, the reason it was so controversial and the reason it was so bizarre is, what in the world are you doing putting these kinds of things in German and inviting the public to talk about them? This is just for who? The clergy, not these guys. So there was an expectation that the people should not even be talking about the Bible, much less studying it.
2: And here's Martin Luther, who
3: has a doctorate in biblical studies, saying, no! This should be everybody talking about it. And unfortunately, even in the movement he started, very quickly that turned around. So the, the, the person who comes to me after being a Christian for 15, 20 years and says, I'm sorry, I, I'm leaving because I just don't feel like I'm being fed. Okay? Whose fault is that? If he's really not being fed, okay,
4: whose?
3: Oh. Well, oh, have to if a 15-year-old child has never been taught to use a toilet and is still just like an animal defecating in the wild. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is that, you think? The one who was responsible for I was going to say, remember the first phrase, never been taught. Because we teach our kids that. We teach our kids how to eat. So a 15-year-old who comes in screaming, Dad, I, I'm hungry! Why haven't you fed me? Everybody goes, man, dude needs to have parenting classes. (laughs) Right? Because a 15-year-old shouldn't have to be fed. And a 15-year-old Christian shouldn't have to be fed. You do not want to think about the percentage of Christians who are 15 years in the faith who can study the Bible. Because it is dismal. And it's our... Now I'm going to say our... Because I'm one of the ones teaching, you see. It's those of us who are given the responsibility to teach them. It's their fault. But then that passes down
4: to students who have been studious for a number of years and have not shared the passion for that as well. Okay. And, and I mean, it, it, eventually it trickles down. So but I don't expect know. a kid
3: to be responsible for another kid.
4: An immature person
3: to be responsible for another immature person.
4: And I'm going to put a little bit on the frame of being fed, because it is most often thought of as someone feeding you nutritionally. From the flip side of it, uh, going to church to be fed should be more like going to church to fill up and to, to It is to worship, but in that process, that.
3: Okay. Yes. However, as soon as you say it's to do that, I think you undo that. Yeah. That's that's the weird thing. It's like catching a butterfly. When I start trying to catch the butterfly, 99 out of 100 times I'm not going to. If I patiently sit and wait, it'll come to me, and then maybe I can net it. But if I start going after chasing it, forget it. Well, if we
4: don't tell people how to fill up their own cars with gas. They can sit at the pump forever and nobody's going to come out. Aren't the they going see other people doing it? I wonder
3: about that 15-year-old who says, like, you know, I'm hungry, Dad, feed me, but hasn't that 15-year-old, 15-year-old noticed that others are eating on their own? And some will say, you know what, that's cool. I want to I learn that too. Yeah. And others will say, this is, this is weird, man. They, they expect you to feed yourself here. And they're gone to somewhere that will feed them. Mm-hmm. And believe me, that is extremely common. So
4: that's their responsibility
3: <laughs> Except they're immature people. They were brought up to think that's normal and that's appropriate. So, yeah, it, you know, at a certain point, everything they do is their responsibility. But how many of you have grown kids? Okay, few of us here. My, my baby is 33 years old. My baby, yes, I am ancient. Well, what are you going to do? Um, she makes decisions. Most of them I actually like because she turned out really well.
2: <laughs>
3: Meaning she agrees with me on a lot of things. But she makes decisions I disagree with. Now, if she made a decision to do something that I just flat think is morally wrong, whose responsibility is it? She's 33. Whose responsibility is it? Hers. Of course it is. She's 33. But I have to own the fact that I had major or the major input into the process she uses to make such decisions. I guarantee you that's true. Not just for me. For every parent. Unless... They simply abdicated that, in which case they still have to own responsibility for that because they said, I will not give you a process, potluck, hope you find something in the world. And they always will, but it's not usually going to be very good. So in the church, not just the leaders, not just the paid staff, but anybody who's mature enough to study, anybody who's mature enough to understand this, has got to take a responsibility. And yeah, we can try to pull those people along who have been Christians as long as we have and say, you know, you're missing something here. This really is fun. Or, look, look what we can do. I can figure this out. I don't have to hope somebody will give me the right answer or for that matter, go looking for someone whose teaching makes me feel good until their teaching doesn't anymore because I can't tell you how many people have come here telling me, you know, and I'm supposed to take it as a great compliment, that I'm here for your teaching. You have no idea how much that scares me. Because number one, it's extraordinarily shallow, and number two, they're going to leave because of my teaching. I'll guarantee it. Because now I'm saying stuff they like. Just hold your breath. It won't be that long. I'll say something they don't like. And a month later, they're somewhere else saying to the guy, I'm here because of your teaching. Paul called it having their ears tickled. Okay? We can grab people like that. We can say, you don't have to be that way. You can learn from yourself. You don't, you don't agree with Randy. You don't have to sit back and go, why well, I just don't agree? I had a conversation with, with a young lady over an extraordinarily important topic not too long ago, and she said, I just don't agree. And I said, okay, on what basis? Well, I just don't agree. And I said, yeah, on what basis? And she's bright. She knows exactly what I was getting at, and she, so she was getting very frustrated with me because I kept saying, on what basis? I just don't agree. Yeah, I got that. On what Basis. Well, I can't argue with you because I don't know what those words mean. Aha! So you don't agree, but you're admitting to me you're 100% ignorant. You just don't agree out of your ignorance. I had a rela- rapport with her, by the way. I was not doing that with somebody. I was trying to drop kick out of here. And uh, she's still here. And she just kind of got quiet. And she looked at me and she said, I guess I have to go find out. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You go do the work. You go do the research. You go do the study. And then if you still disagree, come tell me why. You may change my mind. It's been done. But you're not going to change my mind by going, I just don't agree. Because I I have this picture of my son as a two-year-old going, don't want to, don't want to. Because why? Because he don't want to. There's no rationality to it. There's just, I don't want to. We can call people away from that. But more importantly, as new believers come in or as people come back to the Lord, we can set a whole different expectation, a whole different standard that says, you know, the culture of this church is we study. I did a spiritual health assessment where um, the person attempt attend on Bible study said, what, what do you do? For Bible study. Well, I read this devotional every morning. I happen to be aware of the devotional. It's roughly two paragraphs. Okay? Maybe one paragraph of Scripture, one paragraph telling you what that particular author thinks that Scripture means. Okay? Okay. All right. Cool. Now, what else do you do? And he gave me a blank look. What else do you do? I don't know what you mean. Well, do you ever look words up in that text? I don't know what you mean. Well, do you ever look words up that say, you know, for example, what love? What does that mean? No, never done that. Okay. Do you ever compare it to other passages? What do you mean? <laughs> Keep going. What do you mean? That's a sign that nobody has ever said to this person, "There's, there's another layer, and you need to be there." He's literally stuck where he was the week he came to the Lord, but he thinks he's a ten. Now, I don't blame him at all because I happen to know this guy's history and he's been taught by the leaders over and over and over you're fine you're fine just you know I'll do that for you that's great it's called job security you just you just be ignorant I'll tell you what to think how many of you going to go for that one you know why because you're scared of Brian <laughs> That's it? Well, I can't imagine anybody being scared of me, so it has to be,
2: <laughs>
3: it. It has to be that, right? Okay. So, yeah, I, I get there's, there's individual responsibility all around, but when somebody's been taught their whole life that what they're doing is normative, is what they're supposed to be doing, by the people who's supposed to be teaching them something else, we've got to own that. And we've got to change it. And that, by the way, if you try to do that in a given congregation, pretty much guarantee you'll cut your attendance by 50% immediately. It worked here. As soon as we took that approach.
2: Sorry, I didn't get that. Because
3: <laughs> you're afraid of Brian. <laughs>
4: So at
2: what and point did he need to start? Now
3: you're
0: having fun!
2: Thank you. All right. Did you have
3: anything more you wanted to do? No. I think
2: it I just wanted I, I, I,
4: of mouth-off.
3: Yeah, I mean, no, but if you're not reading it, I'm not worried about you
0: studying it yet. So, first thing first. I think that's one of the things.
3: although I can admit there's a lot of individuals I would probably say that about just from my observation but yeah I I think it's a matter of maturity and and what they definitely haven't done is take responsibility for their own spiritual growth and that's that's a problem because like I said as soon as they don't like what I'm saying you said they're, they're entrusting themselves to me right up until they don't like what I'm saying then what do they do a person like that, what do they do? They leave. Where
4: do they go? A place
3: where they can hear something they like. To somebody who's going to, yeah. Right up until I like what they're saying, and then when I when I stop liking what they're saying, I go somewhere else. And it's it's amazing to me how many times people will come in, and I'll say, so, you know, where where are you from? Meaning, what 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 church were you part of? And there's certain churches. In this area, if they're from this area and they've been part of certain churches in this area, I can, I can give you at least even odds that they've got a three to four year turnover history. For I've seen some of them for decades, because you know they'll they'll hang in there about that long, and then they get fed up with what that one's saying, go to another one, hang in there for about that long, get fed up with that one, and you know, and we're just the next one on the on the
2: list.
4: You're um, staff out there
2: saying the
3: same thing about kids that people need because they can't agree with what you said. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. get together. No. No? No.
2: Honestly, most of us are way too busy to do that.
3: I don't know most ministers in this area. I don't. Um, there, there is a, quote, ministerial group or association. To be really blunt, they're not here for the same reason I am for the most part.
2: And I, I don't have time to
3: waste. Um, so you, you do tend to find the others who are here for the same reason. They have the same mission. And then you say, we need to get together. And you do, because you're saying it. And you get together for lunch. And you go, okay, let's do this again soon. And the next year, you get an email or you send an email. Hey, weren't we going to get together? And, yeah, that's, that's kind of the way it goes. That's on us, but it's, it's still real. Um, OK, how many does everybody have the chart? Um, we got it.. We got it. Thank you. Thank you.
4: Um,
2: I snuck it over there. And Brian has one, right?
3: Okay. Okay, where we go from here, um, I think I have one more. what was the, the last vocabulary sheet I gave you? 121 to
2: 150? Okay. Okay. I
3: will probably give you another one. Uh, That's actually as far as I went with the last class I taught. And I think you guys are at a point where I can give you another one. I I don't don't necessarily think you've all memorized every word. You have? Oh.
1: (laughs) I haven't. (laughs)
3: Wow. (laughs) What I want you to do, though, is, is... Go over them enough that, again, a lot of them, the more you do this, they're going to jump out at you. So, once again, we're going to have to step back and say, now, in order to do stuff like this, what do you need? You need a Greek New okay, first thing you need is the text. So, if you don't have a great New Testament, either uh, in a form like this, there's just, pretty much nothing but the text, or in, say, an interlinear, be careful of those. I could never use one because I would have to have a real honking, giant magnifying glass. The the print on them is usually so bad, and my eyes are not great, that it would be a problem. So you're going to need to get one of those. Where do you get those? Amazon, thank you. People keep saying Bible bookstores. Does anybody know of one that's open?
2: Where? Where? Okay, I don't make it to Brea often.
3: They really kind of keep me, you know, right here.
2: When I first moved here, which was less
3: than 14 years ago, no, less than 15 years ago,
2: there were three
3: in, within five miles including one that was a special one. The only one I'm aware of now is a Mormon one. You want to be careful of that one.
2: Um,
3: yeah. Do you see the word Desiree? Be careful. Desiree, yeah. I thought it was French, but I don't know. Um, the reason for those, it really is, I mean, if you say Amazon around one of those, they will bite you. Don't, don't go into those few bookstores and say the word Amazon. Yeah, it's is that um, Youth bookstores and there is a giant one down here uh off Tustin it's right next door to the brand new sheepfold uh uh thrift store boutique excuse me um there it is that's what they say um it was bookman and they've got a very giant uh religion section and within it a bible section um I have seen Greek texts there, I don't know if they've got one now because I haven't been there in a long time. But, um, you know, if you're just driving by and you want to stop in, then immediate gratification. Um, however, you will get them cheaper on Amazon because, I think I said this before, Bookman actually has a staff who has a clue what they've got. These little hole-in-the-wall places, a lot of times, you're not going to find what you want a lot because they're much smaller. But when you do find things, frequently they don't know what they've got. So you get great deals. But, but that's a game. You've got to have time to play the game. So Amazon. You go on Amazon. I strongly encourage you go to used. You will every now and then find uh, a mess. Um, this, for example, which one is it? You've got to get the right one. Oh, somebody fixed it. I love it. I believe that is Randy Fennig's work. Uh, This one, I don't know if you can see all the shiny here to try to hold that together, because it was rated as excellent shape for a used book. And when I unwrapped it, uh, it literally almost fell into two pieces. You know? Uh, I honestly find that very rarely, though. Almost all the time Amazon has got very uh, good condition. And every now and then you get extra things like computer concordance to the Novum Testamentum Grazie. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Yeah, I'll leave that in in case anybody wants to buy a computer concordance. Okay, so first tool, you've got to have the text. Um, if you don't have the text, there are ways of finding the word. So, what's the way? You're, now, you're not just looking at the text. So you can't do this and say, wow, I didn't realize that was the word. You're going to have to start with the English word, which is a little bit more difficult. How many of you have been in class with me? Bible class. Okay. You, you, you see how I teach through it? The first thing I do is call up New American Standard, New International, and the Greek text, if it's New Testament. I cannot do that with the Hebrew, because I don't read Hebrew. But by doing that, I'm, I'm reading the English, but then I'm also reading over here, and there's sometimes a word jumps out, and I'm going, whoa, 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 where'd that come from? I had no idea that word was being used in this context, because I know there's a whole other shade of meaning, and, it, and it's just not coming through here. Okay. Sometimes it's a simple shade of meaning. You guys were talking about how hard study is. Um, you won't find study, I think, in the New American Standard or NIV. You will find it in the King James. Do I remember where? Noah, one of people here, I take it. Uh, that's, the, that's the phrase, but what is the place? It's in Timothy, narrowing. First or second? Do I hear a first? It's second.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I said first because it was first, but it was second. second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15. And the King James says, Study to show yourself a proof. The Greek word is spoudatso. Or spoudato, spoudato, spoudato. Okay. It's used, it's not, It's not a one-time use. It's used a number of other times. It means exert great effort. So when we think of study, we tend to think of academic effort, right? And it doesn't mean that. Although, obviously, in that context, it makes sense. But it's just exert a lot of effort. Which is a little bubble-popping. You know, I just want to know. I just want the Bible to infuse into me when I open it. Yeah. But God, the Holy Spirit, through Paul says, no, exert great effort to show that you are an approved workman able to handle lightly the word of truth with the metaphor being it's a tool
2: you're a tradesman
3: you want to be able to show you can use the tool. If you've got a welder who you know, burns a house down every time he whips out the welding torch, we've got a problem, right? They've got to be able to use the tool. That's how the Bible presents the Bible. Interesting. You're not going to find that if you're only starting with the English. Unless you just... I think New American Standard says be diligent. How many of you suppose if you just read Be Diligent, you would, you would immediately look that up? Vines to Be Diligent when you look up. <laughs> just, I love that, because Vines is King James Keyed. See, most of us wouldn't do that. Be Diligent seems pretty obvious. And, it, and it's, it's an okay translation, but there's an intensity. Because I'm, I'm standing here teaching people to do this, because I think everybody in the church should be doing this. We have a church with regular Sunday morning, meaning they're here once a month, 350-400 adults. We've got nine. And we had maybe another nine interested who either just said, I just can't handle the load, or Thursday night. Can't do Thursday night. That's 18. I love that, but out of 20 times that many people. That's why? Because the idea of exerting great effort somehow just doesn't turn people on. But that's what we're told to do. Now, if you just saw be diligent and you don't have the Greek text, but you decided, I want to know what that means, how would you do that? Hmm. Which dictionary? Okay. And the problem you're going to run into is, and that one you're probably okay because they cross reference study to diligence, mm-hmm. but Vines is keyed to King James words, so if you're lo- reading out of NIV or NASB and they're using a word that Vines doesn't use, yes. you're not going to find it. Then you cross-reference to King James. Language. Okay, so you can go to the King James.
4: I
1: way I
3: would... You can start with the King James. Or, I know you guys have done it. If you've been in my classes, you've done it. I give you a word. What do you do? What? You, you use a concordance. Because, uh, use an exhaustive concordance. Because every exhaustive concordance has a little tool um, with a number code, and in the back it gives you the word. It may give you nothing more than the word, but it gives you the word. Okay? Now, you've got the word, the Greek word. What do you do with that? Okay, so now what tools do we need? If I've got a lexicon, I I go straight to it. I've got spudazzo, which by the way is the lexical form.
2: Remember that omega
3: almost always means that's lexical form. Um, so, I've got spudazzo. I look up spudazzo in Art and Gingrich or Thayer's or some other lexicon. Art and Gingrich and Thayer's are both, uh, that I believe, originated in the 1880s, which means cheap because there's no copyright on them. Okay? That's why I tend to refer to the older ones. So, I'm going to look that up, and I'm going to get a fair amount of meaning. Now, if I am really, really interested, maybe this is for, it's got some personal meaning, or I'm teaching on it, or whatever, and I just want to go deeper. From Art and Gingrich, where do I go? Okay, I might go to um, Little Kittle. That's the one-volume one. Um, actually, maybe you're assuming I was thinking it already, but back to what you were just saying, Vines is still a good one, and if I've got Art and Gingrich, I've probably got several other words, so what I'm going to end up doing is using several synonyms to try to go to Vines, or give in and go look it up in a King James, and go to Vines. Because one of the cool things that Vines does, they don't quite go to the level that Trench does, where he simply says, here's the synonyms, here's how they differ. That's the thing I love about him, is you don't have to infer how they differ. He spells it out for you. With lines, you have to do a little inferring. But they'll give you this one, then they'll give you this one, and they'll give you this one, and they give you the core meaning of each. And as you're reading those paragraphs, you're going to see there's an overlap of the core meaning, but you're also going to see the differences, at least to a certain level. So then you can go to Little Kittle's. And if you're just, you know, really, really wanting to go there, you can go to Big Kittle. But there are other places. um, We referred to these three weeks ago, I think. There are word study commentaries. They do nothing but focus on word pictures, etymology of words, and things like that. You may or may not find the word you're looking for, because maybe the authors didn't think it was that significant. So that's why some people love Vincent's, and other people love Weist's, and other people love A.T. Robertson's, all of which were written when?
2: (laughs) Pre-1900. Why? Because they're cheap.
3: I'm not going to throw a lot of expensive ones at you if I can help it. And frankly, I don't know of any that are written in the last 30, 40 years that are better than those. So why not go to the old ones, right? Um, And by the way, you will also find on some of your online tools uh, that some of these tools are referenced, and you can use them that way. Um, If you didn't write them down, you might want to this time, because I'm going to say them again. Um, Vincent, because the guy's name was Vincent, and he was the editor. Wiestz. They're, yeah, they're, they're basically commentary sets focusing on word studies. Um, I don't remember the exact titles of them. but Yeah, Wiest is a, is a Dutch word. W, W-U-E-S-T and then apostrophe S because it's his set. Again, they're the editors. Never look at a set that's only got one author, by the way, because nobody's that good. And then um, A.T. Robertson or you'll you'll see it sometimes ATR, just as an abbreviation, in other works. Yes. Well, you can can get some of them in one volume, but they were originally published in multi-volume. Now, if you were to go on Amazon and you find that uh, there's a bunch of those out there because people have picked them up and never used them, guess what? You get them cheap. We're back to cheap. Or if you're going to go on an electronic tool, you're going to find most of the major electronic—not um, not the freebies, but the ones that you pay for—are going to have these sets. So there's, those are, are ways. If you're using that kind of a tool, you can cross-reference over into a word study set and see what that person has said. Now it's commentary, which means you need to what? Be very careful. What do you check out first in the commentary in order to be careful? I look at the editor
4: and who, what his what
3: is. So here's A.T. Robertson. What do we know about A.T. Robertson? It tells you, by the way, in the commentary, and they're, they're not. These are not cultists trying to hide it. They're going to tell you uh, if they're denominationally uh, focused. They're going to tell you their background and so forth. And as soon as you get that, great, now I've got an idea. If you don't know, for example, A.T. Robertson was a Baptist. What does that tell you? Does anybody know what that would tell you? That's, I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Raise your hand if you know what that tells you. Okay. You do, too. So... If you're, if you're in that situation, you're going, okay, I'm just not that familiar with that system, go to somebody who would be, and usually that means somebody who studied it academically or perhaps has, uh, I don't know, I was going to say growing up in that, in that group, the Baptist Church, the Catholic Church, whatever, except the reality is a lot of people go up in the Baptist Church without ever knowing what they actually teach,
2: Catholic Church or whatever.
3: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully not every church is a congregation. So um, just to finish the thought, Baptist theology is inherently Calvinistic, with the exception of a small group that usually call themselves something like free will Baptists, to make sure that old Calvinist so-and-sos understand they believe in free will instead of predestination. Funny thing, by the way, is that I've interviewed many Calvinists, or people who said they are, and if you don't use the word free will, but you use all of what means free will, and ask them if they believe in it, they'll say yes. You just don't say free will, because that just sets them off. And by the way, don't say predestination to most other people, even though they believe in it, because it just sets them off. There's words that just set people off. Um, what about a Catholic one? Yeah. Those three are not. But what if you had a Catholic one? Did you notice my brow for <laughs> would, you, would you look at
2: it? I might look at it, but I'd also know that everything that this person says is under the
1: office
2: of the Vatican.
3: It may or may not be. First thing I would do is see if it's got the imprimatur See, they're they're the only ones that have that system, but an imprimatur is literally a stamp of approval at the beginning of the book that says to all other Catholics, the hierarchy has given its blessing to this. It's okay, you can use that. Okay? So it doesn't have the imprimatur, it means maybe they're not. The most famous Catholic theologians of the 20th century were always about that far from being excommunicated. (laughs) Because they were just walking the line like you can't believe, saying all sorts of stuff that the Hans Kung. the one that comes to mind first. He was just constantly, constantly in trouble. Uh, Well, yeah, they're almost always European. Uh, Kong taught in the Tübingen School, which in the first first part of the 20th century was extraordinarily important worldwide. He was there 50, 75, uh, drove a Ferrari or something. Um, A priest, you know, poverty. Um, Got him in trouble a lot. But the reason I just said that is because I have a master's from the Jesuit University and some of the best biblical teaching I ever got was from the head of the theology department in the Jesuit University. And I would simply shake my head and say, what are you talking about? And he'd say, what? And I said, that's what we teach. He goes, yeah. So? And I said, you don't teach that. You don't do that. And he said, no, we changed it. Because they, they were academically honest. So, you know, read up on it. Have your guard up. But don't just throw it away. Because you can get some extraordinarily good stuff that way. Um, publishers. InterVarsity Press is the only one I will give a blanket uh, read it. One of the reasons is because they won't tell you this on controversial things. They'll tell you this, 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 or this. These are all views that are held by very reputable scholars. And unfortunately, they contradict each other all over the place. But what they're saying is, so study and make up your mind. And that's why I feel comfortable with them, because they're telling you to read it. Okay? Their academic level is very strong. And their allegiance to scripture is still very strong. By the way, they're also a non-profit religious organization. What about Word Publishing? Word Publishing is owned by a secular for-profit corporation. It was bought out, I believe, in 79 or 80. used to be a Baptist publishing house, so people still think of it that way. But the problem is they're going to publish anything that sells. So be real careful. Okay. All right, so you need the text. By the way, we forgot one of the most obvious ways. For those of you with iPhones, iPads, iOtherthings, and that's what? Yeah, wave. Because when I say look up the Greek text, they give you the Greek text. So it doesn't matter if you've got it on paper. If you've got it, you've got it. All right, you've got the lexicon and you've got that. What else do you need? What else have you used tonight? Well, no, I said lexicon. Yeah, different dictionaries, but okay. What is that? An analytical lexicon. Not the same thing. Okay? So an analytical one is the one on paper that will help you parse all those things out. So you can look at it and you're like,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: okay, I know it's not passive. It doesn't have a theta, but what is it? You look it up in an analytical for which you had better be conversant with the alphabet because they're using every single version of it that's listed in the scripture or that appears in the scripture now there is also one other that you can do it doesn't give you quite as much but it gives you a fair amount and that's back to the wave because they parsed it okay? and again some of the more advanced study tools will do that for you online too those three Are enough to get you probably 75% of what you want. Those three types of tools. Granted, that one of the types I you know listed eight or ten different ones of them. And
2: And another lexicon,
3: a regular lexicon, and or a Bible dictionary. So I would start with a lexicon. Uh, Vines is a good one, but I would start with. Uh, an actual lexicon like Art and Gingrich or Thayer's Allow me to show you the difference. This is Art and Gingrich. Thayer's is a little thinner, which basically means it's not going to give you quite as much. The difference is that one is keyed to Greek words. Every Greek word would be found as long as you know the Greek word. Whereas with vines, you're gonna play this game. Do you guys you see this? Have you seen it? Okay? Anybody else? You're going to play the game with vines of trying to figure out what the King James was because it's key to the King James. And so this one starts Greek instead of starting English. Okay? Now, one more. Let's say you are reading Ephesians 5.25, which you now by now, because we've discussed it twice in here, have memorized. What does that say? Ephesians 5.25, you do know it. Ephesians 5 talks about what? What? Is that my submitting one?
2: My submitting one?
3: That's how that fear thing goes, too. Be careful, Randy. He's got this submitting thing he does. Well,
2: that would be 21
3: and 22 then
2: is about wives so
3: what do you suppose 25 is about husbands and husbands is where love comes up husbands love your wives okay so first thing is what word is that now we already know because here's a hint anytime love is commanded it is one word in Greek Hebrew is a different word I got it or the verb agapao. Okay? So, I now know the word. Okay? One of the study methods that's very useful is cross-referencing. But if you try to cross-reference from an English translation, what you don't know is whether you're cross-referencing that word. I mean, you'll find out. You look up every cross-reference and look up every word in the cross-reference. And you will find out after hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. So if you want to not do the hours thing, and you're trying to find, here's a word, love, what would you use in an English study? You're studying the English word love. What would you use to find other passages talking about love? (coughs) A concordance. And what would you use to find all other passages? An exhaustive concordance. It's important because so many people think that little one in the back of the Bible is it. Um, So, if I'm trying to find a Greek word, and wherever that Greek word is used, what would I use?
2: A Greek concordance. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That one was hard.
3: So, this one that got fixed for me... Again, I've brought this out before, so you guys have seen this, but it takes it a while. This is called Moulton and Gieden. It's actually Molten and Gieden and Molten, but most times we don't give that second Molten the time of day. Um, these are the editors, of course, and there's a whole bunch of others. These are the senior editors. This is the same as Strong's, except it's for the Greek. Okay? It is a concordance. That's all. So if I want to know where agape is in the Greek text without having to look at the entire Greek text, then I go find one of these. Yeah, one, um, that's Art and Gingrich. In Greek and English,
1: does that mean, with this word as the analytical Greek no. And the Greek no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. It is not analytical.
3: It is just lexicon. So that's not going to parse, you're going to have to know the lexical form to look it up in that. Okay. So what you do is you get the word in Ephesians 25, 5.25, you look up the exact letters, it will give you the lexical form, it will also give you like a strong amount of definition. But then yeah, if you want more, you go to that, and it will give you a lot more. And then you say, now, I wonder how else agape is used in the New Testament. And you go to this one, and it will give you every single time that that word, or any form of that word, is used.
2: That's the analytical.
3: Anybody else want to see the uh, Moulton and Gideon? Anybody want to see the Moulton and Gideon? I've got a third copy here. If there's three, one of them is mine, so be careful with it. Yeah, it's just a newer version. No, no, that's uh, the analytical. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing. This is just a later, later date of it. And, okay, you saying Moulton. Moulton's a scholar, so it just means he worked on that one. I'm not even sure which Moulton that is because there's a bunch of them. There's another uh, really cool tool called Moulton and Milligan, which is a type of dictionary, but it only gives you what they learned from certain finds because it's an adjunct to Kittle. It was after Kittle. So they try to ignore anything that Kittle would have and only give you the papari um, input that was dug up after Kittle was published. I've got that one in my office if anybody wants to play with it. Now, look these things over because if you want a full set of tools, here's what you need to be able to practice what we're doing. You've got to have the text. You've got to have an analytical because if you don't have an analytical, you've got to take this plastic form I or a sheet I gave you and memorize all of that stuff and keep it memorized. Good luck with that. So use the analytical. Okay, you've got to have a regular lexicon, and I'm and I'm falling into academic terms. What does lexicon mean? Dictionary, but. When we use it in this context, it means it's of the Greek words. Yes. Well, no, no, no. Not the dictionary. Because it's going to give you, you don't have to read Greek at all for this. It's going to give you English, everything. This is... A
1: regular lexicon, the that's Greek This language? one. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Because it's... It starts with the Greek word. And the, and the biggest difference, it's also academically a little... I think we're going
1: to get deeper with the Greek New Testament and and it's important and that
3: four of them now that will get you started well remember how many different times did or how many different books did we talk about with we started with the lexicon but if you want to know more you know and we ended up talking about eight or ten different lexicons or dictionaries that's what I mean when I say we're just getting started but you don't necessarily going to go buy all of those because you're not necessarily going to use them all the time. What you are going to do is start with the basics and then find, you know what? I go to this kind of thing a lot. It'd be really cool to have one of those, and then maybe you buy a commentary on our word study commentary set or something like that. Is that making sense, or should I just shut up and let you look at them? I know I'm repetitive because I brought these out twice before, but there's a reason for that. The more you use them, the more interest you're going to have in them. And you use them more. And what we didn't do, yeah, probably won't tonight, but that means we definitely will next week, is give you an assignment as tables using the concordance. And have fun with that. Well, uh, uh, I don't know of a non-exhaustive Greek one.
4: Oh.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking of the Greek, not one of the English ones. Okay, now I need to ask you some questions, and I want you to be totally honest because it's going to determine what we do in the next two sessions. uh, Right now, you've all told me you're reasonably comfortable with the alphabet. So, I'm going to leave that. Are you reasonably comfortable with the most used words? 500 and above. Okay? I'm not saying you've memorized all. Reasonably comfortable. Okay? Okay. The more time you put in those, obviously, the more you're going to go down the list and then you'll start getting to others. Don't just memorize words based on the number of times they're used, though. In fact, what you're really going to do, whether you intend to or not, is you're going to memorize them based on your interest in them. So, okay, this means this, and wow, that means this, and that leads us to this, and all of a sudden that becomes really interesting to you. You may find things interesting that I don't, and vice versa. So you'll memorize some that I won't, and vice versa. That's okay. Because the ones that you haven't memorized, you can look up. But it helps to have a, a, a base of those that you don't have to look up. And then, there's another kind of study that you might want to do. And that is a basic word study. but I, Not a basic, a four-word study. A basic word study is what we've been talking about and what you did with Christos and was it Evangelizomet? Okay. I'm sorry I'm going to put a hole in your work. May I? Alright. Here I am blasting a hole in his work. But I'll leave the edges as kind of a monument. What is that word? Say it. Pistis or pistis? I do say pistis.
2: You say pistis?
3: Because you're cheating.
4: I <laughs>
3: Most Erasmian uh, pronouncers would still say pistis. Yeah.
2: It's just, it's,
3: it's a laziness, but still. Okay. So, it's pistis. Now, what does it mean? Faith. Faith. But because you're at North Orange Christian Church and you've got this guy that just keeps over and over and over saying these things, what else? Yeah, it's three-dimensional. What, what are the dimensions of faith? Trust is one. Just so happens, that's the title of Christmas is Trust this Sunday. What else? Belief. What else? Faithfulness. Does anybody have any others? Because there are other synonyms that are not quite as common. What? Loyalty. Ah, okay. Loyalty. Usually that's going to be down here with kind of the faithfulness idea. What else? Reliance. To trust something is to rely on something.
4: Belief is acknowledgement.
3: Acknowledgement. Because in fact, in order to understand these three concepts of faith, that was cool. You have to first find other words to define those three. You can't say, see, belief, well, that's like faith. Sorry, you're trying to define belief as a part of faith. You can't just do a circle. So you say, belief, that's like acknowledging the reality of something. I believe there is a God. And now people get, okay. And then you can pull out James, which says, yeah, even the demons. Good job.
2: Cruising right along there.
3: Okay, well, hey, it's, it's, it's good to be at least at that level and not below that level, right? So I just probably don't want to stop there. So we're going to look for other synonyms. But if you want to do a study of this and you've not heard all of this, how are you going to get to the point of hearing this because you're going to feed yourself, not listen to that guy over at North Orange that can't seem to talk about anything else? How's that going to happen? What tools might you use? Which one? Because one of those We'll do this for you. Every time, pistis, or... Because remember, pistis is a specific form. That's a lexical form. So you're going to look up every time that root, the word itself, is used, regardless of how it's being used in a sentence. And it's going to give you a whole lot of references. And if you're diligent, meaning spudazzo, then you're going to take some time, and you're going to read all of those and the very context is going to tell you very quickly that you believe in me, or in God, believe also in me. That's from John 14. Well, it actually says in New American Standard, trust, you trust me, trust also in God. Or trust in God, trust also in me. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, I know you're scared, trust me. He's not saying believe I exist. He's standing in front of them. Trust me the context of that John 14 anybody remember he's telling them he's going to leave he's actually telling them he's about to be killed
2: and they're scared it's
3: not very reasonable and Jesus tries to calm them down do this they already believe acknowledge They need to rely on him. They need to trust him. And he just shook that trust because he said, but I'm not going to be here. Because they're going to kill me. And that affected those guys. How many of those guys were able to immediately trust him? How many of the sheep were scattered? How many of his sheep were scattered when he did what he said was going to happen when they killed him? Well, yeah, I think you could count dying scattered too, but yeah, all of them. All of them. Then you're going to run into one that says, and the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, peace, peace. And there's all these nisses, nisses, niss, nisses, self-faithness. Except we like faithfulness because it's just better American. Guess what? Same word. So you're going to find that out because you're looking it up in a concordance and it's going to take you to Galatians 5.22. And you're going to go, whoa, look at that. That one word means all of this. But then you're going to have to think through, because now you're, now you're going to do the thinking part of the study, and you're going to look at all of these things and say, now, how does that all fit together? Because sometimes that one word can mean different things. Fovos can mean to be terrified, or it can mean just to be afraid, or it can mean to be in awe or reverence in a very positive way. I think it's going to be very hard to be terrified And in reverence at the same time. The connotations are just opposite. One of them is a very positive thing, one of them is a very negative thing. So the word means, depending on the context, two very different things, although there's obviously a common denominator. So how do I know when I say faith is three-dimensional? that when Jesus says that we have to believe, when John says that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Now my eternal life is writing on this. How do I know it means all of this instead of one or the other? Where would I get that? Also not a trick question. Okay, I've got to look at them all. But once again, I can look at them all and say, okay, so I've got these different, three different kinds of things. So it can mean this, or this, or this. But I'm saying, no, it means this, and this, and this. In a given context, it might mean this. But when he says in John 3.16, we have to believe... When Paul talks about saving faith, if I can use that phrase,
2: in Ephesians,
3: it's the package. And the way you do it is context. But greater context, which means the context of one of those is all of those. So I come back to the James passage.
2: And I know
3: that it's not this alone... Because he says, you say you believe, great, so do the demons. All right, well, unless I'm willing to buy that all the demons are now saved, then that's not what it means. On the other hand, I can't can't grasp the possibility that whatever faith we're talking about does not require that I acknowledge truth. I can't have saving faith if I say God doesn't exist, right? I've got to at least start with that acknowledgement. So now it's this and something else. What else is it? Well, Paul says that it's not going to be my own works. And if it's my own works, if I think I've done enough, then I am relying on what I've done. Would that not be true? trusting in what I've done, and he just said, sorry, that ain't going to cut it. So now I have to trust in what Jesus did instead. So now I've got two of them, at least. Right? And then I can go to Matthew 7.21, or pretty much the entire uh, letter of 1 John, which says, in essence, if you have this, that will be there. And if you say you have this, and that's not there you're lying, or you're deceived. Because true faith produces faithfulness. It's, it produces behavior. And where we get tripped up, and where we tend to want to resist that is, we start thinking, okay, so I have to be perfect. You're telling me if I'm not perfect, I'm going to hell. Remember, this is First John. Read that letter. Remember? Read it. This is where I say, and you all yell out, read it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that happens sometimes, too. <laughs> But remember the passage that says when we sin, who's we? Who's he talking to in 1 John? Who is 1 John written to? Believers. When we sin, he is faithful. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us talking to people who have already come to the Lord and are working out faithfulness and blowing it, falling in their face, or sometimes just flat rebelling, but then repenting and turning around. And we have John, the same guy saying, look, if you're not practicing faithfulness, you don't belong to God. Your faith isn't even real. But the same guy saying, he is faithful. And guess what, guys? That word. So our faith becomes rooted in his faithfulness. And how do I know all of that? Because I have opening Eden. I think you've got mine. And that book right there. One day I just said, You know what? This is too big a thing.
1: Sounds like three there. Uh,
3: Right, but I first had to do that in order to get them. That's my point.
1: Concordance.
3: The concordance, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Then you go back and back and back and back, and, and that's why I say you have to do the, the contextual study, and one of the principles of hermeneutics is you let the whole interpret the part. You see, so
2: that part I, I exercise, the using the concordance and going
1: here, you know. And then the hard part is when you're sitting in a room of co- uh, contradictions, people of what exactly something
3: Yep, yep. Now, there's a difference between studying with someone and arguing with them. Yeah. And I have found, I love studying with people who disagree with me. I love it. Um, you have to have kind of a brutal honesty with yourself, but if you do, you can, you can find all those little hidden biases that we all have. I mean, I didn't even grow up in the church, but I still had a bunch of them from the Jesus movement, and they just, <laughs> a bunch of them got slapped right out of me my freshman year at Bible college by a guy named Dallas Mazer. but um, he was a professor whose mission was to erase the minds of all these corrupt Jesus freaks so that they could then begin to learn truth. <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah, I mean, not quite that bad, but yeah, he had a point, um, 'cause we weren't known for our study. And and maybe that's why I found it was really cool to find people who disagreed with me. But then I found people who I would try to do that with and I have a tendency to want to win. I know you guys can't believe that, but when I get into who coughed? And I you
2: going to do that. I know, I know. Fearsome. Fearsome.
3: But because truly I am just a giant plushy teddy bear, I would never ever pursue that in a negative manner. See? But before coming to my giant plushy teddy bear persona, I I win. If I get into an argument, I win it. Just like before my my conversion, if I got into a fight, I win it. Period. What's wrong with that? It is about me. What it is not about is truth. This is why I will never, ever, ever debate anybody over anything, no matter what the format. I'll discuss it, but as soon as I see it going to debate, I shut it down from my end. Because debate is a contest. It's an art form. It's about winning. It is not about exposing truth. And I don't have time for it anymore. Nor, frankly, do I want to take the spiritual risk of going there myself and and going backwards and turning into that. So find people that, in in those rooms that you're talking about, Dharma, are people with disagreement. Be careful about doing that in a class format if... It has to be wrapped up now. Because sometimes, I mean, you guys who have been in my classes have all asked questions, or at least seen them ask, and sometimes I have to say, no, know, I'm not sure I'm going to look that up. And I'll come back the next week, or the next week, whatever, and because I had to have time to do studies that I knew I hadn't done. But if I'm after winning, I sense a weakness. I try to draw it over here, and turn on the heat, I guess my opponent, because that's who it is, it's an opponent, and take the, the focus off of this weak area that I don't know about. Now, I've done that enough, that I'm very cognizant of it. Most people don't think it through, but we all do it. So just be sure you're not arguing and you're not debating. And as soon as you find yourself going there, don't wait until you find someone else going there about you, when you find yourself going there, just stop it. Because it's, it's not going to lead you to truth. And then when you don't and you've got that room full of people disagreeing, when you walk out of the, at the end of that, you're going to be so far in, in advance of where you were when you walked in. It's amazing. And by the way, you'll have extremely close bonds probably with those people who disagreed with you. My doctorate and my bachelor's were both at schools with an extraordinarily theologically diverse student body. And the doctorate, I think the same could be said for the faculty, it's gotten to the point, quite frankly, where I'm not sure it's healthy. They're that diverse. When I was there, it hadn't quite gone that far. And what it did is it forced me then to confront in myself the desire to win all the time instead of learning. And that's extremely valuable. All right. What do you need from here? In order to be able to do this, um, I'm not responsible for your time, by the way, so don't say time. I can't help with that. Um, But given your commitment and your time, what do you need to be able to finish this class and effectively practice study.
1: I'm asking you personally what do
3: you feel you need?
1: I think I need to practice one like what we did at the beginning
3: of class. Okay. Mm-hmm. With people or on your own? Um, well,
1: I really
2: like
3: to be able to deal with Yeah. And let's be real. If you don't, you're going to have to make the time, but you're also going to have to use your time effectively because I suspect there's nobody in this room sitting around going, I have nothing to do, so hope I find something to invest my time in. This is Southern California. We don't do that here. I feel like maybe
4: because ever since the class started, when we get our our study guide for the week, our small group get of the study guide. I find myself looking at it from this perspective and thinking, okay, now I should be able to tell them a whole lot more than, <laughs> than just my what my quick Bible study tool brings up, and and yet I don't feel secure enough to do that. A lot of that is my own fault. <laughs> Maybe
3: Practicing with, like, one of the study guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you just gave me an idea. Sometimes
4: it makes me... Un- right. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm still trying to break Nobody away from the idea
3: is. of... I do not kill people.
2: <laughs> <What> <laughs> That's <Randy> Brian. <laughs> what does Randy what?
3: What does Randy want me to find in that? Yes.
4: What is the answer that
2: what is the answer in his head? Uh, what uh, head? <laughs> 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 I don't know how class is What is the
3: Well, the blessing is that as soon as this class is over, you no longer have that curse.
2: Because
3: you're studying on your own. So it's no longer about what am I asking. It's what are you finding. And that, by the way, is the, the answer. I want to
4: tell guys. Is, it's we always... A, Okay. Why would you he... pick
3: like this word? Okay. Well, then let
2: me tell you something.
3: Has everybody here used one of my study guides at some time? Okay. The ones I do for the sermons, for those of you who have done the classes, you're aware the classes are much more in-depth. So the sermons, even though people sometimes look at those and go, "Oh, so, No. Sermons are baby steps. The classes are adolescent steps, maybe. I don't know. Um... And it is true that there is a reason I choose, for example, the words when I have the word study list. Sometimes the reason I choose it is because it's a word that is so important that every time I see it, I'm going to draw attention to it. So one of the most common words is pistis. Another one would be agape. Another one would be... Uh, actually, I don't because and I don't God and I don't Jesus. Although sometimes I'll throw Christos in there just again to kind of reemphasize. Paracleo. Um, yes. Yeah, see? You've studied, you've seen that come up over and over and over. Well, yeah, there is a core meaning. But the second, third, fourth, fifth time I, I put that in something, it doesn't mean there's five core meanings. It means, yeah, we need to go back and remember that first one because it's that important. So, that's one answer to that. Now, if you read that, you look it up, and you know what that word really means. Beyond the English translation that's in NIV, NASB, whatever. You know the history, the story, the cross-referencing of that word. You're there. And when when I list it again... Don't, don't be going, oh, what's he looking for? What he's looking for is the 99 out of the 100 that aren't there yet. Because it's so important. I want everybody to get there. And if that means some of you rolling your eyes because it's, uh, again, with that word, just hold your breath. We're bringing others along with us. But if you look at that word and say, as somebody did in a group I was leading a while back, um, what does that word mean? It means love. No, it can't mean love because the word is love. You cannot define a word by the word. That is called a tautology. What does the word mean? It means love. And he just kept going there. He said, I don't know. It just means love. And I said, where did you look that up? He did look it up. And, all he, and what he got was love. Where did he get that? Strong because Strong's is shallow. It's not a condemnation. Strong's is trying to get you a word or two synonyms for every single word in the New Testament and put it into a section of pages That's sin. Of course they can't give you much, but if you stop your study there, pretty well guarantee you're not going to pick up on what I'm going after. So when I say agape, or say love, and it's agape, what am I after? Not specifically, in general. Why would I put that in there? Okay. Don't you? Oh, so, again, Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wife. I'm a husband. I'm supposed to love my wife. I love my wife. Ah, but do I do all best for her? Because... Whatever's in my head when I say I love my wife may not be that. In fact, frequently it's not that. And it doesn't say whatever is in my head. It says do what's best for her. We've got to, we've got to kind of force ourselves out of that mold. And that's why every single time there's an, there's an extra shade of meaning, or in that case, it's not just a shade. It's, that one's huge. Um, if I put forgive in, Some of you have done this. um, Does anybody remember it? Even if you don't remember the Greek word, do you remember looking it up?
2: Do
3: you remember, without even knowing the Greek word, do you remember what about forgive was significant? Or how you would define it other than forgive, (laughs) which again is a tautology. What a, oh, it, was, it was an accounting term yeah, yeah. offices or offices okay and it means to erase a debt or to cancel or say it's pay- paid so it's you know whatever you would remember before Quicken and all the others it's you would literally have to say something on a tally sheet so when Jesus said forgive them what he said was don't make them pay for this and when I say to somebody who's just been molested you need to forgive them as a counselor you need to forgive them the reason most people don't even want to go to a Christian counselor is they're afraid they're going to say that and they think it means feel good about them feel warm and fuzzy maybe even go back and hug them and You know, make them your friend. No. I think forgiving them might even be consistent with uh, testifying against them in court. Because it's not about making them pay. It's about stopping them from doing it to someone else if they're not capable of stopping themselves. And that's within the, the breadth of forgiveness. Forgiveness simply means I'm not going to carry that to vengeance. Because when I do that, it eats me up. And the reason I tell that counselee that is because I don't want him or her being eaten up. I don't want that person who abused them being the one still abusing them by emotionally controlling them, pulling their strings. Is that an interesting way to see forgiveness? Is that how most people see forgiveness? And yet that's what the word means. I didn't make that up. It's what it means. So always there's something like that.
4: It's the hardest question on the sheet
3: remains, which one of these words make a difference
4: in
3: how you...
4: It? Actually, I do say, if any. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah. I think I started to say it. Anyway. I can tell myself that I'm not standing <laughs> Well, to be honest with you, for, for
3: a lot of you in this room, unless you're going real deep, and by that I mean maybe to the level of little kittle at least, you're getting into etymology, you're getting into um, the, the historical background of the word and so forth, Maybe the reason you feel that way is because you already got what I'm looking for. And now you're saying, what else? Yeah. Uh-huh.
4: I'll, I'll buy
2: that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pretty sure the asking price is
2: $50.
3: <laughs> Standard. Because remember, you guys are studying, I mean, in this room right now, you're studying way beyond 1 percentile or ninety-nine percentile. It's like 99.9 percentile for Christians in the United States. Easily. And, and as lost as you sometimes feel, you're there. And that's, that's not necessarily a good thing for the church, but it's real. So when I write those, those study guides, I'm writing them for everybody, the whole breath. And a lot of times, you guys could probably... I hate to say it, but uh, there are study guides I've written where I know you could finish it in 10, 15 minutes. The cool thing is you don't think so, so you spend a lot
4: more time on it. (laughs)
2: Love that. But I feel like
4: because of the length of time that I've been even working, uh, I feel like I should be doing more teaching not in an overt way, but by answering questions and... Sneaky teaching. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Better is that because then if it doesn't fall flat. Awesome. So if you're in a
3: study with other people and athesis comes up and you, you're not hearing anybody... By the way, that's a noun form, so you may remember it from athemi. Or not. Okay. Uh, and you're not hearing anybody say what it means. They're just dancing all over the place. Yeah, that's the place where you say, well, here's something I found. You don't have to say, now you guys are all wet. (laughs) You just, no, here's something I found. And frankly, even if I was teaching that, it would probably be more effective if you said it than me. Um, In my study, my study group, I, I lead a group on Wednesday nights, a small group. It's not a Bible study. It is a small group. And the difference is we spend as much time on prayer and as much time on just fellowship as we do in the Bible study because they're supposed to do all three. But there's pretty good about doing the work. But every now and then, it'll just get quiet. And it's that awkward quiet that says, that's when I go, uh, not a trick question. No. Yeah. And I have one person in that group whom I know, because this person has got three years of Bible college, um, I know that person's going to go deeper than everyone else because they're starting beyond where most others are and have fun doing it. So I'm, I count on that person. If I just am patient, that person going to speak up and share, because they did the study, share what needs to be heard. And when that happens, everybody else goes, oh, where did you find that? Where was that? They don't do that when I say it. They just sit back like it's Sunday morning and think about Red Robin. I don't know.
2: <laughs>
3: so you can be that person where, you know, you, just, you have to kind of gauge yourself for your group. When is it time to speak up? How many times should I have a night? That person in my group will probably not say more than, well, he, won't, he won't do that more than twice. He'll share other things, but only if everybody else is. He won't be the only one more than twice, because he doesn't want to be, okay, it's always going to be everybody looks back to me. That is probably true. So you guys will all have that ability. You do now. Don't know you do, maybe. Okay, so here's what I see for the next two weeks. First of all, as you practice more, if you're running into a block, if you're using a tool and it just isn't clicking, if I can use that term, ask yourself, do I understand what's stopping me? I mean, it may be as simple as, yeah, I'm in the analytical and it ain't working. I don't know why. It's just not working. Okay, good. We at least know there's where the block is. Or I looked it up and i just not finding... You know, Randy's got all these other things he's saying are there, but I'm, I don't see that.
2: Whatever it is,
3: because that's the kind of thing I want to try to punch through for you for the next two weeks. The rest of it, I guarantee you, we can spend plenty of time practicing, and we're going to, practicing using these tools, both in a group and with individual assignments. I don't have anything new I want to present to you. There is plenty, but... Frankly, I mean, I don't even remember all of it.
4: And if if I don't
3: remember it and I'm able to study where I am, uh, you probably don't need it right now. So keep studying, and then you can roll your eyes at me and go take it and become a Greek scholar and come back and say, you should have been teaching this. But if you do, guess who gets to teach the next class? (laughs) I would be, be real good with that, but I will put you to work. Okay? And to get there that direction... I have, uh, in addition to vines or whatever, I assume you dug out from yeah. your iris dash over here. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are on these tables three analytical concordances, three Arton Gingriches, and three Moulton and Giedens. Would anybody like to take one home this week and play with it? Just play with it. Which one do you want? take it. That one's mine, so be real stinking careful. You know why I know it's mine? Because of all of the letters, tabs, there's only one left, but it's sticking out, so I can see it. Every other one got knocked off or torn off. Okay, anybody else want one? I just, I just want to know, so I know how many are, are leaving. That's a vine. Of course you can take it, but I'm just saying, it's a vine.
2: No, not uh 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 uh, uh, uh. <laughs> You can walk
3: back over to T six <laughs> and get another one. <laughs> I, I <have> to.
2: <laughs>
3: well, again, for the Greek, I don't know of a non-exhaustive Greek concordance, because nobody's going to put the time into doing it and only do it part way. So the Multanig Eden is exhaustive. That's a big, what color is that? Purple brown? Red brown? You got it. Now, I am going to ask you to bring it back next week because we're going to need all of these in the room. So if you're going to miss next week, get it here anyway, please. Because we're going to need all of them to use for what we do. By the way, from now on, from now on, two of the three of these will be available for you to borrow because they're part of the resource room in T6 now. So there's always going to be one you can pick up unless somebody beats you to it. Okay, I've got 9:23. Is we okay leaving seven minutes early?
2: Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Yeah, Last class 20 seconds. Okay. Right I thought we had two more. Yeah, okay.
3: so the last did, was the That's what I thought. Okay. Oh,
2: okay. Let's, let's if you want
3: to do the 22nd, I'm good. I thought we were going to right run I, I
4: remember
3: you said maybe two. Let's do it tomorrow or next week and the week after, and then I'll ask you how many are coming back to next week. <laughs> because again, what we're doing now, and I don't want you to think it's not important, because for some of you it's going to be the difference between you doing this on your own and not is practicing is enough that when you're on your own, you're comfortable enough to do it. Yeah. You're not going to be as good at it as you want to be, because you need to practice it. Okay? Does anybody need a Greek text?
2: Yeah.
3: I've got one you can borrow. It looks like chewed up. That one, you know, is mine. Okay. Um, What I, the only one I've got for you. Do you have good eyes with the glasses? Then let's go back to T. I'm going to take some back to T6 and get you the interlinear because it's got the Greek text in it. Okay, thank you, guys. Let me collect the books that are not going away so I know which is which.
2: Yeah.
1: little out. I you can't my, get what? The little kid. Oh. You can only get at reference. I'd have to. T six. Oh,
3: look. I can find. Them. Of course, that's why they're in there. The
1: whole shelf says you can check them out. Well, I can find.
0: Do you just find your name? Well, on on Tuesday, I just came in and make that put them back. Yeah, that's not checking them out. That's stealing
4: them. Borrowing them when
3: you intend to replace. <laughs> yeah, borrowing. That's what it is. Borrowing.
4: Um, by the way, I mentioned that I was, uh, last year, five, I was, last and uh, I
2: was in, uh, and, uh, the hobbit of seeing and I was talking about
4: faith and how it's and everything, right? I going on and on about whatever, you know, you taught us, what I learned, right? And the girl was looking, you have a really good cast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't think I
2: could have But uh, uh, yes, so obviously, well, I'm true. True. I have to. I don't don't. Think Some people are to impress. You're welcome. <laughs> have a good one. You know,
0: I
4: think so. I think I think i Don't What? Oh.
3: Never just start feeling picked on. <laughs> 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 Were you borrowing this? You know what, Am I might as
1: well, man.
3: Are you taking notes?
2: Yeah. Okay,
3: good. So no, I just, Because I'm just trying to make sure I'm picking, not leaving any out. I don't I don't have a heartburn of that. I just don't want to leave them out and
2: have them walk away. I'm going to 1 in the morning. I need that freaky assessment. They're next to my house right now.
4: You're gonna be freaked if
3: she does. I I don't want to care if I didn't have
4: to
2: get up.